we'll kind of continue, obviously, the normal Friday today for our players, work on all the situations, all phases of the special teams, recap the game plan, make some necessary adjustments throughout the first, from the first two days of practice, and keep on plowing forward. So that being said, open any questions you have. Where do things stand with uh, Logan Ryan? At, at the moment, nothing's changed. Yeah, the moment nothing's changed. So we're still waiting. He tests every day, and we'll see how that turns out. Is there still a brief window? There is. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. If he doesn't test out, he could be back next week, though, right? Because the 10 days will have. Right. Okay. So at this point, though, you have to be planning, I assume, to be without him. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, do we have a contingency plan of something or a change? We do. But at this moment, you know, he hasn't been available for us on the field, so we're planning with that. What about uh, Kadarius? How, is he going to practice today? He's with the trainers right now. We'll kind of see, you know, move around a little bit early in practice, see how that goes. He's in key to the game plan. You know, KT's a real smart guy. So in terms of being in the meetings, going through some of the stuff we do internally in the bubble with some walkthrough stuff and all, he understands the concepts we just do. It's been a couple weeks, you know, as a young player. He's been able to get out there on a Friday, practice for us at a good level, and get into the game and make plays for us. So. And Chef, as uh, you expect him to do some stuff? He's coming to the same boat right now as KT. We'll see with the trainers in terms of anything that changes going forward. Is, is Kyle Rudolph going to be a long-term thing? I wouldn't think that's going to be too long-term. Again, he's in there right now moving around. Uh, we'll see how that is. Kyle was optimistic earlier in the week. I think sometimes players are a little more optimistic than until they get on the field. So we'll have to see where his body reacts today. Notice Daniel's wearing a uh, wristband, like a play calling wristband. What, what, why is he doing that this week? Uh, are things changing drastically in terms of vocabulary or just adding, adding different things? No, we really haven't changed any of the terminology, actually. We kept, kept all the language really the same for the players. You know, that's something you don't want to really change in a short week. If you add something new, you might put on a new term here or there, but that's nothing different. You know, you do that every week for an offense, and we put a new play in, maybe a code work, something like that. So why, so why, why is he wearing it this week? All of our quarterbacks will be wearing wristbands this week. They have it in the past. I guess. I guess. What's What's new that? Not not which specific plays. Obviously, you're not going to say that. But what's What's new to the office that that they're required to do that? Yeah, it's something a number of players and coaches have used in the past. We thought maybe helpful with our players just going forward. You know, just different ways of communicating. Is that something that you initiated, or is that something that like Freddie's always been using in the past, or? Something like that? Well, I said a number of our coaches have used it. I've been around it as well. There's things our players have used. So through, you know, communication with players, coaches within the meetings, something that we came up we thought may help in some avenues. <laughs> Joe, does that, does that reflect there's been a disconnect in getting the appropriate play con, um, conveyed to the quarterback? No. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. Is the play call still a trade secret? <laughs> Like I said, they're all working collaboratively. What, make, what makes their offensive line so good? You know, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I work with Jeff Stoutland. I think he's a fantastic coach. He does a great job getting these guys prepared. They got a ton of talent up there. They got a ton of talent. I think what he does, he's done a great job through different systems, you know, through different coaches that have been there, different offenses, really adapting and evolving in terms of what they're doing schematically. And I think he's just a great teacher that's able to take the talented players and really get them moving in the right direction. I think the one thing you look at this roster up there, they've really assembled a lot of talent on that roster. And, you know, we talk about the success they're having. Look, I wouldn't expect a team with that much talent to have anything but success. So I think they're obviously improving right now. They're moving. Uh, but there's a lot of guys on that roster that are very talented. I don't think you really faced a real run-heavy quarterback this season. Um, but then even what makes Jalen unique? It seems like the way he runs is almost more like a running back uh, when he gets going. Well, I think the way you said it right there is a little bit different. I think 
there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league right now that are using that skill set. And I think the game's obviously just changed and evolved, right? You look at the players that are in the league now, you know, it used to be everyone thought everything filtered down, right? It went from the NFL to college and some stuff in, in high school. I look at the opposite. I think really everything comes up. You know, what you're doing at the level in high school, people start doing more in college because it's fast for the players to adapt and make an impact. That comes up to the next level because you start getting players who have been, you know, running quarterbacks or, player, or quarterbacks who could run in high school and college. You get a guy like Jalen Hurts. Why take away something that's such a strength of his? You know, find a way to utilize it and use it. And there's different types of skill sets in running. You know, obviously you've got the Lamar Jacksons who are on one side of it. You know, you go back in time, the Michael Vicks. But you look at a guy like Jalen, he's different than both those guys, but he's extremely effective. He's got great running instincts. He knows how to stick his foot in the ground and get vertical right now. He really knows how to work off your leverage. He's a strong runner, and that's one thing. He's not looking to always avoid contact. Not that he's lowering his shoulder plow three all the time, but he knows he can run through arm tackles. So if you don't do a good job in space of really gathering and wrapping up on this guy, he'll run through an arm tackle. So he's a very instinctive runner. He knows when to pull it down and run and use his legs. He's not afraid to do that in critical situations. He's been affected through his entire career, high school to college, now in the NFL. So I think it's just natural for him in terms of you know, what his game is, and they're doing a good job of using it. Joe, I know, I know that they've changed coaching staff since last year, but uh, you were very pointed in your comments after the end of last season. Um, with them being disrespect, uh, disrespectful to the league, the way they handled their last game. Do, is that even a thought as you go into this? No, there's nothing from last year that's going to be relevant on Sunday. Joe, when you, when you guys are putting together the game plan, I don't expect you to give away trade secrets, but you're obviously deciding based on down and distance what personnel groupings work best. Yep. When you get to a game situation and you, you see things, how much adjustment can there be within the groupings to say, you know, case in point, on that fourth and one, you guys didn't have Kenny or Kadarius on the field. Uh, is that a situation where if you you guys wanted to, you say, you know what, whatever worked during the week, we, we need Kenny and KT on the field for this game. Yeah, I, be I believe you always have to be flexible in the game. You have to be able to make adjustments. Now, that really starts back in training camp in terms of the system you put in to be flexible within it. It's the vocabulary you teach your players so they can have flexibility within where they line up and create multiples. And then within the game plan, you have to be fluid enough to know that you can get back to certain base concepts that maybe you didn't work as much in the week that they went back to in terms of how it's been installed. Or I'm a big same-as teacher. You know, sometimes you can change something in a game and say, hey, guys, it's the same as this scheme except we're doing A and B. And keep it very familiar for the majority of the guys and change the key pieces you have to. But you have to be fluid to make adjustments within a game. I think it's the biggest part. And to me, you know, people talk about like going to halftime and making adjustments. There's not really enough time in halftime to sit down and make all your adjustments. If you're not adjusting consistently throughout the game, you know, every time you go to the bench, you're not making corrections and coaching on what's coming up in the game, how you're going to call the next series, what the issues are, how we can correct that, and what we can take advantage of what they're doing, then you're not really coaching the game. You're just there watching. You might as well be in the stands. Joe, they've done a good job of using the run to set up the pass. Do you guys want to see your team run more to set up the pass? I think you have to be balanced. I talk about the time, you know, balance in this league to me is being able to run or pass when you have to, not necessarily to have 50-50 portions. I think in this league, you know, the run game really does set up the pass, and that's really for all teams. There's different elements of the run now. Okay, There's different elements of it. But to be able to throw the ball effectively, you really have to be able to run the ball to a degree to set up that. Now, that really sets up – what kind of pass games that set up? It doesn't always set up the dropbacks. A lot of times in certain passing situations, you know, it's third and seven, third and eight. You know, that's a situation we pass heavy. So a lot of teams are playing different types of defenses on that. 
you really want to be able to throw the ball on early downs. And really, you have to have the threat of running to get them into more of a defense and personnel that's geared towards stopping the run first. And that creates the matchups in the passing game. So they're doing a really good job through the RPOs and quarterback zone reads and things of that nature, you know, of having the run element. And then when they have to drop back, they can as well. Joe, one more last draft. How unusual or unexpected was it for two division rivals to make a trade like that over you? And, you know, what do you think of the player that the Eagles got in that trade? Well, two part, I'd say the unusual part of it. Um, I mean, I guess history speaks more than anything. You don't get a lot of those trades. Unexpected. We kind of had an idea they were going to do that anyway, to be honest with you. Like, that was something that, you know, leading up to it, we had a pretty good idea they were going to do that. Now, in terms of the player himself, this guy's everything you thought he was going to be in the draft. Yeah, he really is. And he was a guy that was very, very impressive coming out. Not just in terms of how he played, everyone sees that on tape, but the competitiveness, the leadership, the instincts, uh, the intelligence, and just the whole package. This guy was very, very impressive leading up to the draft. And you can see that the things you saw in college, the biggest knock on him coming out was the question mark of, is he big enough, right? That's the thing everyone asks, is he big enough to go ahead? And you had to go back in your evaluation and say, he's done it at every level. You know, Jody Wright, you know, tells stories all the time about when they were at Alabama's camp and he was working out. They had the same questions about him. You know, every coach asked the same questions. Like, this guy's, you know, he's not big enough. Look at his legs. They're not, you know, they're skinny legs. This guy can't do this or that. Well, he made a whole lot of plays in Tuscaloosa, right? And now he's making a lot of plays in Philadelphia. He's obviously their go-to guy or one of their go-to guys. So I'd say in terms of the evaluation of the player, you know, we watch all the guys that come out in the draft, and we watch all the guys as they go through their career, and you want to stack up your evaluations based on what that player is doing, both on and off the field, you know, because everyone has strengths, weaknesses, concerns, whatever it may be, through the draft. So you look at everybody and you say, okay, were we right on that guy? Were we wrong on that guy? Do we misevaluate him? Or what's the reason this guy's career kind of took a left turn, whatever it may be? So we always take a push on that. And, you know, I'd say with this one right here, it's kind of what you evaluate him, what you expected, it's what you saw.